Welcome to our podcast. This is David King. I want to take just a second and thank you for joining us. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. All right. You sound good this morning. I want to take just a second, look into the camera, and welcome those of you that are watching online right now at shallowoutreach.com. And those of you that are on Facebook Live, I want to give a big shout out to you ladies at our campus at the Claiborne County Detention Center and the Wild Bunch at the Tazewell location. We are one church wherever you are. So let's come together, all of us, and give each other a big hand. Would you do that? Yeah. Sound good this morning? All right. If you're, uh, if you're here for the first time, we really want to welcome you, and um, you're here on a great, a great time. We're uh, starting a brand new series today called The Holy Spirit, and um, I'll tell you that uh, I'm in my 15th year here at the church. This is the first church I've ever pastored, so I don't know about, you know, uh, this is it, and uh, I learn as I go along a little bit, and one of the things that I learned pretty quickly was how controversial any teaching on the Holy Spirit is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was something. Uh, if, if you even mention that, you get two responses, and, uh, and I'm going to go over that in the next three weeks. We're going to work on this. But, uh, but, so I just do them all when I do them now. I do them myself and just work on that. And today's message is not a new message. If you've been here for a while, you may have heard most of it. But it is an introduction message, and, uh, and to be honest with you, I went over a bunch of stuff in the last couple of weeks, and I, I just like this one. Uh, but we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and answer a couple questions. And the first one is, who is He? And then the second question that we're going to answer is just simply this, what will He do? So we're going to look at both of those things today and, and just try to clear up some misconceptions about this. I think that if there's a verse in the Bible that explains today a little bit, I'm just talking about overall, all of us, it would be Acts chapter 19, and uh, here it goes. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, and he arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so there you are, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of very descriptive um, of today. And so we're just going to do a, a basic introduction to this. And, and here's my goal. I want to set my heart out before you today and, and just show you the goal behind this. And it's to introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, uh, and I want to say, I want to ask for something. All I'm going to do is ask. But I want to ask for a clean slate. I know a lot of us say, well, I've always heard this or I've always heard that. Or I believe this and believe that. And I'm not going to get away from the Word of God. I promise you that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay with the Word. I'm not going to give my opinions about things, what I think about something, none of that kind of stuff. Uh, I learned a long time ago that what I think really doesn't matter, everybody. Amen. It's just what it says here. And so we're going to stick to it. And... Um, but we're going to look at that a little bit and, uh, and answer some questions. The first one is, who is he? He. And I want to, I'm, my first point here is, it's bad grammar for the grammar police before you get me. I, yeah, I know that, but it's still true, okay? Here it goes. He is a him, everybody. He is a him. Uh, and this, it's one of those things with translation, 
When you're translating the Holy Spirit, or that word spirit, Old Testament and New Testament, ruach in the old, or pneuma in in the New Testament is the original Greek words used for that. They had a difficult time translating. I just finished a whole series on the Bible called It Is Written. Just finished it. And we talked about the translation and some of the issues that comes with that and how difficult it can be to take a Greek language that has two times, three times as many words as an English language and sometimes phrase differently and then get the translation. And so sometimes in, in the older English versions, they, it will say Holy Ghost. And, you know, I mean, but he is actually a hymn, not a ghost. The word is pneuma, and the word it's air. Like if you, you know of pneumatics today, pneumatics is air, like air tools. I've got some air tools in my garage, and that, that's pneumatics. And so it's air, and it actually means a movement or, or air. And they just had a hard time trying to explain it. So they said, well, spirit, or, or, you know, in some places they put ghost. And I think a lot of times that some of that may have brought on some fear. You know, I can, I can mention this today, and in a lot of folks right now, a lot of folks... It just kind of like a fear. What's he going to say? It's almost like it, 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 it brings that to the table. And so I just want to ask you to just, we'll just take a deep one, clean the slate, and, and just look at this. He is not a ghost. He is a him. Let me show it to you in John chapter 14, verse 17. Here we go. The spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. Are you with me? Because it neither sees everybody, him, nor knows, here we go again, him, but you know him for he. So it is a, the Holy Spirit, it is the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I just wanted to try to clear up a little bit. Not a ghost or, or, or some of the difficulties that we've had with translations, but he is a him. This is what we call a third part of the Trinity or a Trinity uh, if somebody asked me to explain the Trinity, I'm going to have to say that I, I'm not 100% sure that I have all those answers for you. kind of reminds me of water a little bit. If you take water, it comes in three forms, and God works in threes. You can, you can boil water, and water can become a gas. You can freeze it, it becomes a solid. Or in its natural state, it's a liquid. And so water can be in any of the three. And so I like to think that way about it, but to, to say I have all the answers, I really don't, you know. I just know that, that he is a him, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, my second point is going to be, this is going to be a little controversial, but just brace yourself for it. And if you get mad at me, I'm going to remind you of something really quick. If you get mad at me, you've got to love me anyway. <laughs> and you know why? Because the Bible says so. So there you go. I mean, is, well, I don't agree with the word he's saying. Well, you still got to love me. Got to love me. Because here it goes, okay? The second one to know is this. He's not weird. I felt the air leave the room there for just a minute, everybody. He's not weird. I heard a, um, I was uh, I always just trying to win people to Jesus, you know, and I, I was um, met with a guy one time, and I was talking to him, and, and I invited him to church. And he said, uh, nah, no, nope, nope, not going to go. And I said, well, I figured it's some church hurt story, you know. And, and so I said, well, why not? He said, well, I went in a church one time. He said, I walked in the back, and I'm thankful I did this. I walked in the back, and I sat in the very back row by the, by the door. He said, in just a minute, 
He said they jumped up and started walking on top of the pews. He said one person was flopping in the floor. He said, and I was like, will they see me if I get out of here? And he, and he, he bolted out of there. And he said, I got out of there safely, and I'll have you know I'm not going back. <laughs> to which I just kept on and continued my, 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 my desire to lead him to Jesus. Well, he accepted Jesus that day, and he did come back to church. And we got him come back. He serves at the Tazewell location, and you know who you are, by the way. And, um, and, and so he is not weird, everybody. Let me ask you something, uh, just, just something to think about. When I, when I mention this, or I, I begin to talk about it, is there, is there a certain fear? See, the, sometimes there can be a fear associated with this, and I think a lot of times it's because of people's reactions. Let, let me give you an example. People react differently to a feeling. How many of you know how true that is? I, I'm not saying that people are bad because they react that way. I'm not doing that. Matter of fact, I prefer that we don't talk about other people, really, to be honest. And so I'm not saying that they're bad to, to react that way. I'm just going to submit to you that people react differently. Uh, I was working with a guy one time, and we had pneumatic tools, air guns that shot big old 16 nails. And he shot a nail right through his hand, right through it. And he looked at me. I was right beside him. He looked at me, and he turned white, and he dropped the gun, and he took off running, everybody. He left the place. We had to go to the parking lot and run him down. <laughs> My point is this. People react differently to things. And, and so, but, but I think sometimes people's reactions to the Holy Spirit and, and, and sometimes maybe the translations, ghost and stuff like that can bring about a certain amount of fear. But he's not weird. John chapter 16 in 17, he said, Very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, another, another place, the comforter, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, a comforter or an advocate. Um, I've been, I'm well into my third decade with my wife right now, and I, I learned a few things the first year or two. Come on, guys, right? You learn. Well, one of the things I learned was that, uh, that she, she brings home this comforter one day, and it's a big, old, thick, nice cover. And I freeze all the time anyway. And it was nice and soft. Oh, I mean, you could just lay your head on it about go to sleep just, just like this, you know. And, and she had that. And I thought, it's expensive, though. They're high, right? And so, I, you know, I was struggling a little bit there. But it, uh, I'm tight, everybody, in case you didn't know. But, uh, but anyway, she, she does the comforter, spreads it out. I'm, I'm looking forward to this all day. We get ready to go to bed, and I go in there to lay down. There's no comforter. No, it's gone, gone. I said, where's the comforter? I thought maybe she opened it up and all, got it all spread out and there's a tear in it somewhere or something like that. We're going to have to take it back. You know, she said, well, you don't sleep on that. I said, come again? She said, well, you don't use that to sleep in. I've got this to, you, you know, I thought, uh, uh. what do you mean? She said, well, it's for looks. That same thing happened to me not long after that. I got summoned to the bathroom. You know what I mean to be summoned? Come on, husbands. Guys, I was summoned. Here we go. I get in there. She said, did you use those towels? <laughs> you know the ones I'm talking about has the initials on them, the real pretty ones. 
I didn't know. I thought you used them. I thought that's why they were there. I said, well, yeah, wash my hands. You don't use them towels. I said, come again. She said, you don't use them towels. You, you use the towel. Go to the closet and get a towel. You don't use those towels. I'm still confused, everybody. I'm still, like I said, I'm closing up on my third decade of confusion. I still want to use the comforter. Still don't get to. Can't use the towels. I think a lot of times people, when we have fear in our lives, will stay away from what God has sent as a comforter to us. In, in some very difficult times, we've had a promise in our life of this. It's not scary, not weird. A comforter, everybody, an advocate. The next thing to know is this, is that he is God. He is God. Acts chapter 5, then Peter says to Ananias, and this is a long story behind this, but I want you to just get the point of it. Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit, okay, and have kept yourself from the money you received from the land? And he goes on to say this, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to, there it is, God, you see, to God. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, therefore... You know this verse, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now that word baptizing there, it means baptizo, it means to immerse. They, it was actually a word they used, commonly used in the day for dyeing clothes. They would, they would dye the clothes by dipping them in, in whatever color they were going to and pulling that back out. And the Greek word was baptizo. It was to immerse is what it means. The word means to immerse. So it means to immerse them in that, you see. But all three there listed. He is God. And then the final he is here is that he is my best friend. I hope he's yours. If you don't know him in this way, I, I hope you do soon. Today would be a good day for that. Um, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14 says it this way. It's the amazing grace. This is a message which is, you know, it's, it's different, but I love the way it expounds on it. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of the Father. Watch this. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Look, I, I came here. I'm going to try to explain the walk and how that works just a little bit with you. When I came here to the church, I had never, like I say, I had no, no seminary, everybody, no schooling, no nothing for that, no training for it, just boom, I'm here, okay? And I was, uh, I mean, to say that I was uh, over my head is an under, you know, I'd be underestimating things, to be honest. And the one thing I knew to do was just, I knew how to walk, and I knew how to walk and pray. And, and just seek God on things. I knew how to wait on Him. I, I, I had learned that stuff. But I really didn't know anything else. And I tell you, sometimes when we go through things in life and we get into something that we're, we don't really know what we're into or where we're going, can I say this to you in love? God knows. He knows when the turn needs to be this way or needs to be this way or that you need to continue going in the same direction. He knows, you see. And he's promised us he's our best friend, you see. He's our best friend. And 
And that leads me to my next point. It's just simply this, is that he will be with me. He will be with me. Now, what I want to do as I get ready to go into the, to the second part of this is we're going to look at, in, in the book of John, we're going to look in three chapters. John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And we're going to answer the question today, what will he do? If we can realize who he is, he the person of the Holy Spirit, and get away from some of the, some of the ideas uh, that, that we've got and some of the things maybe that, that you've been taught over time. Uh, as we go into this series and we progress into this, then I'm hoping for, that you will be able to then enter into the relationship if fear has been the thing that is keeping you out of it, you see. And so... Let me show you this in John chapter 14. Let's start off 14, 15, and 16. We're going to answer the questions. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and he will be with you forever. It's hard, uh, hard to translate. And I, I want to say this. It's not super easy to understand. I want to speak just a minute to those of you, and this is how I'm wired, so I can kind of have some empathy with you. Do I have any, anybody that, uh, you're very analogical. Do I, do I have any thinkers? You, you got to process everything. Come on, somebody. Don't lie. You're in church. You, you got you to think it through. And, and, and in your life, this is how I've, I've always been this way. I need to understand it. I can't like half understand it. I just want to understand it. And I'm always looking for the answers to everything. I remember my early years studying the Bible, I just wanted the answers. I was looking for the answers for everything. And I had this, I thought, I mean, like an illuminating moment for me, a revelation to me that, uh, you know, he's God and I'm not. <laughs> well, that's a good one, everybody. If you've not had that one, that's a great day when you realize that. And I realized I would never have all of the answers. And some of the times when you get to talking about the Holy Spirit of God and you talk about coming and going and you talk about the Spirit of God moving in ways that you do not understand, it's very difficult for those that are very analytical, those, that, that, those of us that need to understand everything. It's more of a challenge for you. And, and you'll have a tendency to gravitate toward the Word of God and dig into the Word of God and be solid on that and try to understand everything because that's the way you're wired. I was an electrician for years. That's what I've, I've done that most of my life. I was fixing transistor radios by the time I was in the third grade. And I don't know why, but I could understand that. I, could just, I just got it. And by the time I went to electrical school and electronics and all that kind of stuff, it was very easy for me to pick up on that stuff. I could just see it. I can't sing or play a piano, but I could fix your TV. Come on, somebody. And, and so... And, but in that, you have to understand it. You, you have to understand the wiring. You have to understand how it works. You have to have all the answers, you see. And that's where we struggle, if we're honest. If we're honest, that's where we struggle, is the, in the places with God that we do not have the answers. And so I'm just asking for a clean slate here, for an opportunity to be able to introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit, you see. The second thing he will do for us here is this. He will reveal the Bible to me. Now, we just come off of a Bible series. 
And I, last week I got met in the hallway and I, I, I thought, oh, I wish I'd had this just a little bit earlier even. But, but I got met in the hallway with a lady who said, you know, I did not understand the Bible at all. I tried and I just couldn't get a hold of it. She said, I began to ask the Lord, I, I just began to ask to reveal it to me, to show it to me. And here's why, because spiritual things are spiritually discerned, you see. And, and, and think about it this way. If we are afraid of a ghost or afraid of what we think about the Holy Spirit, then we're not going to go anywhere near that and think of everything we're going to miss out on. We're going to miss out on the guidance, the friendship, the understanding of God's Word, all of those things that we get with that friendship, you see. He reveals the Bible to us. John chapter 14. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will, everybody say will, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. This is such an important part of this today because when we're studying the Word, the words Jesus said that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are truth, okay? So it's spiritual. And when we take the Word and we digest the Word, we read it and it gets in us, what happens is the Holy Spirit, when, when needed, there'll come a time in our life when we need some instruction from God, and He will reveal what He does. He brings those things to our remembrance. Biblically, it means that He brings them before us, you see, again. He reminds us of that. You know, there, there could come a time in your life, or will, or might be right now, where you need the promises of God in your life. Will you, will, you, will you understand them, but you're going through such a difficulty and that darkness comes over us and we just all we know is all the problems and all the difficulties that we're dealing with at that moment. And what a time for the Holy Spirit to reveal, you see, the promises of God to us and to remind us of those promises. I'm talking today about the person of the Holy Spirit and having an intimate relationship with Him, you see. With Him, knowing Him. The third thing here is this. The third thing is, is that He will help me share Jesus with others. We're going to work on this as we progress in this series. Next week, I'm going to talk about hearing the voice of God. Part three, I'm going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But this is part of it. He will help me to share Jesus with others. Here's been one of the things that I've dealt with, and I, you know, we're, I don't know if you, maybe some of you may not be from, but in the mountains, I don't know about everywhere, but in the mountains, we're usually pretty divided on this subject, okay? It gets pretty, gets pretty rough. And almost no matter what I say, at some point, you're just going to have to love me, because <laughs> you're probably going to go in one direction or the other on it. But, what I, but where I'm going with it is this, is that one of the things that I know that is the primary thing, the primary thing that the Holy Spirit does on this earth is testify about Jesus, you see. It, it is to lead people. Every Sunday morning, I pray the same prayer. I prayed for everybody at this location, all of you at the Taswell location, those of you that are watching online. I got such a great testimony last week of a friend of mine watching on Facebook Live give his life to Jesus, everybody. Watching on Facebook Live. That's the number one thing, everybody. And anybody or any church that loses sight of that has lost the order. They got, out, got off track. 
And, and I had a person ask me one time, I might have been here in my second year, they said, what's the most difficult thing about pastoring a church? I said, making sure that we stay focused on reaching others and not ourselves. You see, when we're not worried about ourselves, then we, it doesn't matter what, whether you got carpet or not or, or what color the walls are. Or what, none of that stuff matters at all when we're focused on others. And if you're here for the first time or at any of the locations, I want you to know today that we've prayed for you. And I ask the Holy Spirit to do something only He can do. Draw. Draw. One of the things I've learned as I've, as I've walked with the Lord on a, on a daily basis, and I've had difficult decisions, and this will be good for somebody. I'll go into it a little more next week. But if I've had difficult decisions to make and I'm trying to navigate through things, I have learned this. I have learned that people push. People will push their agendas. They'll push their ambitions. They'll push their way. They'll push what they want. People just naturally will push. But the Holy Spirit, everybody, draws draws you in you see so if you're feeling pushed just say no wait on the drawing and the direction of the Lord he'll help us to share Jesus with others he draws them and then watch this he gives you the words to do it he will bring those things to your remembrance and you know what you'll end up doing you will end up saying something to that person that they needed to hear that day Something specific for them. And God will reveal himself through you if you're just willing. Watch this. Just willing to step out and trust the Lord to be there. He has promised us, everybody, that he would be there. And give us the opportunity to be able to do what I believe is the greatest thing in the whole world. And that's lead others to Jesus. John chapter 15, we're working on 14, 15. Here we go. When the advocate comes, I will send to you from the Father. The Spirit of truth goes out from the Father, and he will, everybody, testify about me. You see that? So when the Holy Spirit's living in us, that's what causes us to testify about him, okay? And so in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and I, I love this verse. He, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to work on this a little bit more in part three. But I've been asked this question a whole lot because this is, seems to be a, a debated thing. I don't know why. But do you get the Holy Spirit when you get saved? Friends, listen, if you did not receive the Holy Spirit, then you didn't get saved. I mean, I don't, how else is he going to lead and guide you in all matters of truth and righteousness if the Holy Spirit's not living in you? But the on you part of it, the on you. Let me, let me explain how that would work a little bit. Let me give you just a little bit of it. You ever been talking to somebody about the Lord before and you felt just like you were giving them some great stuff about the Lord. I mean, like, it was just coming through. Have you ever had that opportunity where it just flowed through? And you're like, and I, I've left conversations before and thought, that was pretty good. If I say so myself. I've left impressed with what God did right there. <laughs> Come on, you, all right? And that's what he's talking about there. When he comes on you in that moment, in you salvation on you is your testimony to others and leading others to Jesus. Does that make sense, everybody? Number four. Number four, he will convict me of sin. Now, let me explain the difference between conviction and condemnation. 
to condemn anything. If you condemn a building, red tag it. Or when I worked in the coal mines for years, they would red tag it. That means it's, it's out of service to you fix whatever, okay? If you condemn a ship, it's rendered useless for service. That's what condemnation does. That's what the enemy does. He does everything he can in your life to convince you, if you'll believe it, that you cannot serve, you're not worthy. Condemnation. Conviction, on the other hand, comes from the root to convince. It means that the Lord, what the Lord does is he convinces you of who you are in Christ. That's important today, everybody, identity, right? Who you are and that you have been forgiven and that your qualification comes from him and what he has done, you see. The difference between conviction and condemnation. So if whatever you're being led or, being, or you're hearing, let me say it this way. Whatever you're hearing, if you're hearing anything other than the convincing truths of God's Word and it's bringing condemnation into your life, you need to fight the enemy with the Word of God and get him out of your life. Amen. John chapter 16, as we go along here. When he comes, he will prove. That word means to test. It's the same word used to test. When he comes, he will test or prove the world to be wrong about sin. <laughs> I've, I've had this for years. I've dealt with this where people say, well, you, you need to, you know, I mean, people always want me to, to, you know, spit on the front row and tell everybody how bad they are and, and just throw it to, you know. I was at a funeral one time just down the road, and, uh, I mean, it was the biggest funeral. When I, when I drove up on the funeral home to, to do this funeral, the, I couldn't get, the road was blocked off for the traffic. I mean, I've never been to a funeral this big. It's man, everybody knew him, I guess, and and uh, so I'm trying to get in there even. And then walking through, they, they march you in. And I was walking in, and I'm on my way to the front. And this guy stands up in the back and grabs me by the arm. And he said, let them have it, preacher. <laughs> I just wanted to let him have it. Can I be honest in church? Can I? I thought, are you serious? You're at, we're at a funeral, and you're saying that to me? I just looked at him and... And just went on, you know. But I tell you, sometimes we can become guilty of trying to take the place of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. Why can't we trust Him to do that? Why can't we do that? And make our goal getting people closer to. See, my goal as a pastor is not to point out everything that you're doing wrong because it's God's dealing with you in different places, each of you in different places at different times. But I know the one who can deal with you on what needs to be dealt with at the right time, and I trust him to do it. Are you with me so far? He said he would do that, that he would prove people, that he would test them, you see. And, and I believe him for that. And then the fifth thing is just simply this. He will guide me through life, just navigating. Which way do I go? I'm going to talk next week about hearing that still, small voice, everybody. Because it's there for you to be able to navigate your way through. I know a lot of times that the Lord has been dealing with me on something. And, you know, like for instance, I was a contractor when I came here. I'd been a contractor for 10 years and a very good business, very good. And I had done some real estate development, and I had done contracting work, and I was just really rolling that way. 
And I just kept getting this feeling that I was going to be doing this. I just knew that I was going to have to step out and do this, that this day was coming sooner or later. And year after year went by, two or three years later, before it would happen. And, but you know what? As he was guiding me through that, I began to prepare myself financially. I began to make sure that I didn't have any debt that I could be able to, to not make the money that I was accustomed to and, and, and those type of things. And, and he was guiding me the whole way. You see, I'm saying that to say this, that sometimes when the Lord is guiding us in a direction, that direction will not always make sense because he can see what's in front and we cannot. Okay? We don't know what's happening, but he does. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever, you see. Jehovah. And he can see into that. He knows exactly what's the best direction for you. And if we will trust him, he will guide us, everybody, through life. John chapter 16, final one. But when he, the, the spirit of truth comes, he will. I love how the Bible puts this. Not might, could, maybe, but he will guide you into all truth, all truth. You know what we got to do? Let him. Just let him. The Lord values our freedom so much that he will never take our ability to choose away from us. Never. And I've tried. Has anybody tried? I've prayed, Lord, make them do it. Anybody else? Make them do it, Lord. Straighten them out. And I, all, I, all I was left with was their ability to choose still. Matter of fact, he loves freedom so much that he sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be free. You see. So right now, at this very moment, the Lord's not going to make you do anything. He, he's not going to force you to do anything. No, you get to choose. He values your freedom too much to do that. But I'll tell you what you do have an opportunity to do. You have an opportunity to make a decision for eternal freedom. To know what it's like to be forgiven and to be free, everybody. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the heart change that took place in my life. And I'll never forget my wife looking at me. And she just, after about two weeks, she said, I don't even know you anymore. And that was a good thing, everybody. Let me just tell you. She was saying that in a good way. To be changed. You ever experienced that before? What it's like to just, just to be a completely different person. What the Bible says is a brand new creature, you see. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And the way that I'm going to do this will appear to be so simple that it could not work. That's how, that's how it's going to come across. I'm just going to tell you. It can't be that simple will be what you'll be thinking. But it is that simple. You see, Jesus did not go to the cross to complicate this. He went to the cross to take care of all of it and make it simple. He said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's simple. One of my problems when I, when I prayed was I didn't really know what to pray. I know what to say. And so ever since then, ever since I've been in the church, I just help people with that part of it. And all you have to do is just mean it. And the one person that'll know is in this room, the Holy Spirit. And if you mean it, he will respond. 
he will respond. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And I'm going to get our team to come this way, though, and help me. But Just everybody giving everybody a moment of privacy for just a moment. Just between you and the Lord right now. But let me ask you, is, is the Lord dealing with your heart? Has he been dealing with you? And you, you know that. I, I don't know that, but, but you do. Can I tell you today that you're going to have an opportunity to be a part of this prayer and, and you're going to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, an opportunity to leave here different. Different. And just before you and the Lord right now, if God's been dealing with you and you want to be a part of that prayer, would you do this at any of our locations right now? Would you just slip your hand up right now and say, that's me. That's me. I want to leave different. I want to know what it's like to be forgiven and to be free. I see you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see you over here. God bless you. I tell you, the Lord's dealing with people's hearts right now, all over. He's drawing. Now's the time. Now's the time. If you would, I want to ask all of us, because we're family, so all of the locations together, those of you at Taswell, ladies at the CDC, those of you online, in here, all of us at the same time, let's just lift our voices and pray this prayer like family together, all together. Lord Jesus. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And today, I will believe that the price you have paid on the cross is more than enough for the sins I have committed. Today, I will trust you as both Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Would you do that? Wow. Would you stand with me right there? I love this song because it's, um, it's, it's kind of like in the Bible they call it doxology. It's a doxology. It's a prayer too. It's a song that's a prayer. And we all get to just sing this together and just, just for Him to draw Draw us closer to Him. How many of you know how great that is to be close to Him? Let's sing this together for Jesus. Amen. Got the baptisms. If you all want to come on up for the baptisms while they get started, come on up right now for that.
take your place to feel the warmth of your faith. Help me find a way, bring me back to Help me. 